are before you. And we have the privilege to be among the first ones to celebrate a day of rest, to celebrate Sunday around the globe. We are the fir- among the first ones to sing worship and, and praise and songs to your name. We ask you that you would accept that. And as we are about to look from your word, we ask you that you would speak to us through your word and through your spirit. As we honor you and we glorify you. And we declare that you are God above all other gods. That there is none like you. And we ask you and we thank you all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to share with you about um, who is God. I think that uh, we should have it there. Yeah, there it is. Uh, Who is God? What is his name? Where is he? What does he look like? What language does he speak? What is his character like? And among all those things, I think that each one of them would be a service or a sermon in its own, or perhaps multiple sermons. And we'll see how we go, how we travel today. And I'd like to stick to the first one of who is God. What do we know? How do we understand? What do we think about this God? And uh, those that have got pen and paper, I'd like to ask you if you want to be part of a game. If not, you can do it in your mind. How do we see, how do we um, uh, understand certain things? Um, But the question that I have is, why should I know him? Why should I know this God? So, among all these things that we've seen about, um, about who he is, about uh, what is his name, and, and each one relates to us. Each one of those, we are in the center of that question. And why should I know him? Why should I know him better? We all know God about, uh, all we know about, about God is through the following. And I've got the... Uh, through his spirit, um, through um, uh, through creation, uh, nature, those two should be perhaps separate, I put them together. Through tradition, through church, through people, through his word. There is one more that is not there, they deliberately left it out and we're going to come to it at the end. But in your own mind, which one do you think should be at the top of all those? And which one should be number two and which one should be last? Because they are the only ones through which we would know God. Or anyone out there would know God. So in your own mind, think which one of those should be at the top. By now you probably know. And so I'm going to go with uh, the program. And I'll go to the next slide. And we know God through all these. And all these ones will create knowledge and faith that we have. Think of anyone else across the world, any denomination, any tribe, any nation that knows anything about God will be only to those through those things, and they will be forming their faith. So which one is at the very top? Well, the very first one that uh, we come across with is creation and nature. 
why would it be creation in nature and not his word? Well, if you, when you are born, you cannot read. So the first thing that you see is creation around you. And, and it would be unfair to say that if it's through his word. What about those people that don't read? What about those people that uh, are blind? What about those people that cannot hear the word? How would they know about God? So the very, very first thing that we know about God is through creation. And the Bible speaks about that. And I'm going to read one of the Psalms, and it's Psalm 19, verse 4. I'm sure that we know that scripture, uh, 1 to 4. And uh, it says uh, like this, uh, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where the voice is not heard. Their voice goes into the, all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. So creation, the heavens, speak about God. And creation has got a voice. It has got a voice in the wind, in thunder, it has got a voice in, uh, in the birds uh, that he's singing. Creation speaks to us and speaks to us very loud. If we were to go, we need to go from here uh, a few hours because we have re-landscaped creation. We have planted trees, we have uh, changed the landscape, we put buildings, and we cannot really see creation that is before our eyes. If we were to drive three or four hours away, creation will start to speak to us in a different fashion. If you go to the mountains, you will see that some of the uh, plates are tilted, and they're telling you that something happened here. As you go in different parts of the world, you can see that the flood waters, where they got to, there is marks. You will see that in the center of Australia, there was water, there was an ocean. They, as you start to dig, you know there's fossils, there's fissions, all, all those things that planet Earth is speaking about, and sometimes we don't know what, they, what planet Earth is saying, but creation is speaking to us, and he's talking to us about God, about a creator, a creator that that change, modify things as he wished. So number one thing that we know and that we hear about is the voice of creation. Number two is people. Why people? Well, if we look at from the very beginning, we see the story of Adam and Eve, but then subsequently the very next one where we see a contrast is Cain and Abel. And Cain tells us how he was not willing to listen to God, how he was, uh, um, in fact, uh, defying to, uh, to anything that God said. And Abel was, had a character that he believed in God, and he was uh, visible. Today, we can see that someone is a godly person or an ungodly person. We will go to the street, and we just by one look, we will know, oh, this person does not believe in God. Why? Because of their behavior. So people in, in themselves, in their character, they will tell us about God, what God is like, what God is, uh, is all about. And the third one that we have is tradition. You think, hold on, but what about the Word of God? Well, no, it is tradition. Tradition becomes so powerful in, in, in the way that we think that it just shapes us. And I know that some of you will think, but where do you get that from? Well... You see, any person in the world would know anything about God. It will be through these three things. So can you imagine how challenging this would be to someone? I don't know about you, 
But to me, I'm flabbergasted about people and their heads. Every religion has got something to do with their heads. Hindus, they wrap their heads. Uh, don't they, Doris? Yeah, they wrap their heads. Muslims, what do they do? Oh, they're different. They wrap their heads, but differently, in a different thing. Uh, Krishnas, they shave their heads. Um, we can go to um, Catholics, uh, the Pope, they has got something on his head, and, uh, and, and women have a veil, but uh, the Jews, they also, they've got a kippah, something to do with the head, and women wear wigs, something to do with the head. But also, if you're an Orthodox Jew, you'll have a hat, a black, it has to be black, and a certain size, and a certain height, which will define that that's what you are, and that's who you are, and that says something about God. And, and then we see um, uh, uh, people that are Buddhist also, the monks have to shave their heads. And, and so all of us got something to do about head. Religion has to do with the head. But at least I sit comfortable with that because I can see it. You know what worries me is what I see nothing on the head. And I, and, and I start to think what is in their heads. How do they see God with what's inside? And it can be dangerous. No wonder people say, oh, God told him to go and do these horrendous things. You know, some people have killed, some people have gone to war, some people have all these things because somehow it was the, the picture that they had about God in their heads. And all these things are traditions, are they not? People are willing to go to war and die. People have excommunicated other people from their congregations for not complying to whatever head code people thought hello i mean what size does the head have to be what color yeah how should i wrap my head how should i come today to church in some tradition that would portray god and all because we try to please god somehow we know how god thinks we don't know who god is the question was who is god we don't know who God is, yet we know how he thinks. Isn't it bizarre? We know what he, what he thinks about men, about women. We know how many steps women should be behind. We know the place, that, what, what women should say in church, what they shouldn't say in church. We know what dress code they should have. We know everything about men and women. Doesn't matter what denomination, doesn't matter what religion. We know exactly how God thinks, but we don't know about God. Next one church we know God through church most of us are born into a church so if you're orthodox or catholic or protestant or evangelical you're born into something and before you even read the word you know how things work in church so that is about God and that's what God is like we learn about God in a way that uh, the preacher is preaching so you would be a product of a lot of what is being said up here you might not like it you might disagree with that but that's true so every church by the way that they behave by the way that they have faith by the way that they believe they're actually teaching about what God is like the next one is his word and his spirit I got them there together because by reading and by being led by the Holy Spirit, so people can be uh, influenced by the Holy Spirit, people can be uh, inhabited by the Holy Spirit, people can be led by the Holy Spirit. 
And we know something about God through all that. We know through reading the word. Incidentally, do you know that in the Bible, and this is the word of God, I got it, I'm, I'm holding it here in, in, in my left hand, it tells about people that have misrepresented God. People that have uh, um, denied God. People that have uh, done things uh, against God. People that have prophesied when God didn't tell them to prophesy. So this book is telling us a lot about how people have portrayed about the idea about God. Yes, it tells us some of the origins and some of the things about God, about creation. But you know that this book, it tells us only a certain span about God. Before that and after that is the unknown to us. So we don't know everything about God. I can assure you, I don't know everything about God. If I knew everything about God, God wouldn't be God. So for instance, if I look at Genesis, and I had a whole bunch of kids, and oh, they all came after me at, at, at one of the camps, and I said that uh, I don't have a problem with evolution. I believe in creation. I believe that God created everything. But I don't have a problem with evolution. Why? Because in Genesis 2, it says that God created, formed everything with his hands. And it's a very close God. It's right here. It's right where you are. He's, he's forming Adam. He's, he's making Eve. He, he takes literally a, a rib from Adam's side and informs women. Yeah? But Genesis 1 is different. Genesis 1 is a distant God. He says from a distance, let the earth produce animals. And what happens? You're all silent, I don't know. Are you asleep? Did I put you to sleep? What happens? Animals take place, yeah? And God said to the ocean, to the waters, let it teem with fish and let it be earth, and let it be um, birds in the air. Isn't there some kind of evolution? Of course, they came after me. Can you imagine? I said, you know what? I don't have a problem with evolution. I have a problem with Darwin. If I put God in evolution, I don't know whether fish took 50 seconds, 10 seconds immediately or one hour to form. What size was fish? Was it uh, two centimeters long? Was it a fingerling? Was it uh, 30 pound fish, one pound, half a pound? I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know when God created animals, whether they were just little babies or they were full grown or what size they were. I don't know but there was what quantity was there. All I know that God has done it, and that's enough for me. So to me, whether he done it in, 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 in a six-day stride and it was immediately or, or it was a, a whole-day process or how it happened, I don't know. But I know that he done it, and that's enough for me. So beyond the point of me knowing that God created this, all this speculation that I have no idea about, and I will never know about that. Going in the other direction, when I go to the book of Revelation, then is all this speculation, is tribulation during, before, or, or, or after uh, the, the millennium, or the millennium during, or, or, all this salad that we make, um, is uh, going to be on planet Earth uh, eternal life uh, like some of them believe? Is it going to be uh, in somewhere in heaven? Is it going to be, how do we dissect all that? And the time that we project, well, you know, some people are reading the book of Revelation, sitting there, okay, and flicking the pages, so what's next? Because this has happened. Well, we don't know. I don't know. I have no idea past that point. 
And I'm, I'm glad that I don't know. And I'm happy. I sit very, very happily there. And you know, I can have a foot in both camps. Because I don't know. I can agree and disagree with one and the other and the third one and the fourth one. And people say, well, but what do you believe then? I know in whom I have believed. I believed in God. So to me, all these other things are just a speculation. I don't know. And when we look at... Uh, When we look at the, what the Word of God says, what the Word of God teaches us, is just that. It's enough about me knowing about this God. And that's it. It tells us about His character, His name, and all these things. But about His origin? Remember the book of, uh, of Genesis where it talks about Melchizedek? That's referring to God. No father, no mother. How can you put something... And go beyond that. However, I believe in a very, very powerful God. On the next slide. Thank you. I got that from, uh, just go before, go before, thank you. Uh, retrieve. No, don't worry. That's okay. There was, a, there was a black hole in there. There was a black, that's it, thank you. There's a black hole from the Hubble telescope. What do I know about that? I don't know. Even scientists are speculating. And some of this stuff is millions of uh, light years away from us. Yet God is there. He knows exactly what's happening. Is it important for me to know what's happening? No. Who cares? I'm here. I'm here and if I've got no food on the table today, that becomes very important. More important than black hole that is millions of years, or many, millions of light years away from me. So it, these things become good, okay? But what God is saying, and let's go now to what God is saying, um, Thank you, Dylan. Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Yeah? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you will answer me. This is God speaking to Job. Of course, his friends were there too. And it would have been an audible voice, I, I assume. And all of them would have thinking, wow, hold on. So are we obscuring God's understanding, God's counsel? But isn't that what we do? I wish I could have here in this room, I wouldn't like to replace you. I'd like to have a bigger room here. I'd like to have all the pastors of all the denominations and all the priests and, and everybody here in one room and asking this question. Where do you get your stuff from that you can speak about God and you know what God thinks? Yeah? You have no idea. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me if you understand who marks off its, its dimensions. Surely you know who stretched a measuring line across it. On what were its footing set or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars and the angels sang together for joy. Where were you? Do, do you know? Are you so confident about your stuff? That you know who God is exactly. That you can go and say categorically, this is the way that it's, it's going to be. And if it's not this way, that's the door you can go out. Hello. Is that how, is that how you portray God? Is that how, how close you are to God that you can say that? You were not there. You have no idea. I have no idea. But by faith, I, there is some things. Yeah, of course I got... 
some things that I'd like to think about, I'd like to speculate on that, I'd like to, to, to dwell on that. And it's okay. But don't set it in cement that that's what God is like. Let's move on. 1 Timothy 6.16. It says, Who alone is immortal and who lives in an unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. This God lives in an unapproachable light. This God is in the whole universe. This God is power. This God is might. This God is something beyond your understanding. If I was to stretch my mind as far as I could to the beginning, to Genesis and beyond, and if I could stretch it in the other direction, my imagination, past the book of Revelation, from one extreme to the other, and really stretch it, and really think about it, and really ask all the tough questions, that would not be even the beginning of the introduction of who God is. That's how big this God is. So I believe in a very, very big God. However, sometimes we think that God is very close. Remember what I said about Genesis the God that is forming with his hands, and, and, and the Genesis uh, 1 that gives his word from afar, it was not different in the New Testament. Remember Mary? Mary and Martha said to Jesus, if you were here, this would not have happened. What does the official say? Jesus, just say the word. A distant God, a very powerful God, just say the word. Don't come to my place and my servant will be healed. Which one is right? Either. One portrays a very personal, very close God. The other one, a very powerful God. Too powerful for me to even know his name. Too powerful to, for him to even close to my house, to come to my house or to be close to me. But both of them are right. And God can be both and at the same time simultaneously. This is the God that we believe in. Not only the God that we believe in, it's irrelevant, irrelevant the God that we believe in is the God that who he is. So it's not what my faith dictates about God. This God is greater than my faith, greater than my Im imagination. If we were to put all, wire up all your imagination, just like, uh, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Elon Musk was able to wire the batteries individually, and that's why we can have a, a car that runs on battery. If we were to wire all your minds uh, one after the other, so we have this mega powerful mind, one mind alone, we still will not be able to harness what God is all about, how big God is. So this God goes beyond what we can think. So the universe stretches now, I think they got it to uh, some 30 or whatever billions of light years away. Now we can, we can, we can see that. But he's beyond that. And that's in, that's in one direction. So imagine the other direction of the universe. And imagine going up. And imagine going down. And it says that he's everywhere. I like what uh, Solomon said. Solomon said, you know, I'm, I build this temple. I'm paraphrasing. I'm trying to get into Solomon's mind. He was, a, he was very, very wise. And, and his dad asked him to build a temple uh, because David couldn't. So Solomon builds a temple, and he's dedicating the temple. 
I, I don't know why. I mean, it shouldn't be a, a priest dedicating the temple. Has it ever crossed your mind? What's, what's Solomon doing dedicating the, the temple? Anyway, he says, you know, I built this house, um, but you're not going to dwell there. You know, the heavens of the heavens cannot contain you. How, how can, how can this, this temple contain you? How can your heart, I'm looking at you, Benny, and I love you with all my heart, but how can your heart contain God in his fullness? Impossible. This God is so mighty, is so great, and it says that every knee will bow down in heaven, earth, the universe will bow down before this God because he is just so big and so great. Revelation 22.5 There will be no more light. There will be no need. Uh, there will... They will not need the light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun. For the Lord God will, be there, will, will give them light. And they will reign forever and ever. I don't understand this. We will not need sun. We will not need electricity. Because God is going to be our light. And he will make us, will make me, you, and all of us reign with him. I don't know how that's going to work. How can someone with a finite mind like mine can be reigning? I just told you the experience about this Ghana kid that stood up and preached the word of God and just put me just made me look so little and then they asked me to preach how can I do that first John 1 5 this is the message we have heard from the beginning or from him and declare to you God is light in him in, in him there is no darkness God is light, and by being light, He's energy. And what happened is that people have tried to worship the object in the sun. And that's why the Egyptians worship the sun. That's why people worship crystals and stones and whatnot. But God is in them, in each one of them. And the moment that they start worshiping, God retrieves from that. And He says, no, that is not me. You're misrepresenting me. I'm not the object. I am the reason. You know... If God was to withdraw himself from the universe, he is energy. Please try to explain to me how the earth is going to stand in its own axis. How the earth is not going to run out of steam and spin out into the hole, into darkness. Please tell me, how is the sun going to shine if God was to withdraw his power and his energy? All these things exist because of him. He energizes the universe. He energizes me so I can walk. What part we don't understand about this God? We're on a final run. It says in Romans 1.25, what I was just saying, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worship and serve created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Colossians 1.16, For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. You see, that's a part that we don't understand. If we were to take God away or if God was to withdraw from the universe that he created, 
I don't think that we will be able to live a minute. I don't think that there will be energy. Try to prove me wrong. I mean, some of you are very clever. I'd like to hear from you. You know, how, how are you going to make it work? So here is the thing. Isaiah 46.5. With whom will you compare me or count me equal? To whom will you liken me that I may be compared? You know, there was a problem in Israel. They tried to compare God with things. But there is no equal. There is no comparison. He is unique. There is none like him. There is no power on, in the universe that is comparable to him. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. God is able to say the things of the future, of the end, at the very beginning. Who is like him? We have no idea. We cannot comprehend. We don't even know our life, how it's going to end when we are born. You know, you, some of you, I have no idea where I'm going to die. You know, what place, what country, how. No, it, it's beyond us. Isaiah 46, 13. I am bringing my righteousness near. It is not far and my salvation will not be delayed I will grant salvation to Zion, my splendor to Israel. And what God is saying, this God, you know, my salvation is so, so close. I was asked at one of the, um, uh, sorry, I asked one, one person, what do you think about God in our trip? And this person said, uh, I don't believe in God. I said, tell me about the God you don't believe in. And she said, well, I don't believe that in a God that sends people to hell. I said, but you got it all wrong. You are in hell. God is trying to get you out of hell. You see? You, 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 your understanding, your, your finite mind, you, your mind about God is about tradition, what you learn from some church, from some tradition, from people, from, from whatever thing that you got it from the news. That's what you understand about God. But this God is not about sending people to hell. This God is about taking people away from hell, out of hell. You know, this is a God that I believe in. This is a God that we believe in, and His salvation is near. And can we go to the final one? This is the final slide I want to share with you. So we have people know about God about, from creation, nature, people, tradition, I put their religion, not church, I put their writings, not the Bible, and I put their spirit. You know why I put that, those things there? Because there's many religions, and once you take the Bible out of it, and once... God is not longer in it. That object, it will be inhabited, but it will be inhabited by a spirit which is not from God. And people will worship that object. Next, please. And then we're left wondering, afraid and confused about this God. And you're thinking, so what is the answer? What was the seventh thing that you haven't mentioned in there? Can we have it up, please? Experience. 
you need to experience this God in each one of those. And once you experience God in nature, in creation, once you experience God in His Word, once you experience His Spirit, once you experience God through the church, through the brethren, and once you experience God through people and tradition as well, this God will start to make sense. And you will realize how small, how little you are and how big He is. Would you like to have a go at that? Would you like to try Him? Would you like to experience this God? And how can I experience? Where do I start? It starts right here. Right now. You're not too old. You're not too young. Experience this God in some way, somehow. Get into the Word. Talk to someone. Pray. Look at the sky. Look at the universe. God is there and He's speaking very, very loud. May the Lord bless you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your greatness and how awesome you are and that there is none like you. Lord, we are in awe when we even begin to think about you. Father, how gracious you are that you have saved us in Jesus Christ, that you have visited us, that you physically came to teach us about you, about your grace, about your salvation, about your goodness. And Lord, we cry out, please come quickly. But also we ask you that you would speak to people around us, that you would get people to come to your knowledge. We pray for your family, friends. We pray for your co-workers, for your neighbors, for the acquaintances, the people that we know, that you would inhabit us in such a way that they would see the light that is beyond in our understanding, that they will be able to see it in us, see you in us, see you in our works, see you in our lifestyle, see you in a way that we behave. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the privilege that we have. Thank you, Father, that we can be called the sons of the living God. In Jesus' name, we pray, praise you, thank you, and worship you. Amen.